Thanks for listening. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we'll be discussing the topic of reincarnation and past lives. So when I was younger, I didn't even know what reincarnation was. I was raised a Catholic along with my brother, so we went to catechism and became altar boys and we even went to Catholic school for a year. My daughter recently asked me if it was boring to go to Catholic school, and to me it was not. It stands out as one of the most memorable years of all my school years. I made a lot of friends there, I matured a lot that year, and I even scared Sister Mary Catherine when I told her about my nightmares where aliens visited me. The point is, my experience growing up as a Catholic boy in a rural area in Wyoming was definitely a good one, and I never really had any reason to question the belief system that I was brought up with. And as I got older, I eventually did begin to question those beliefs, but I never really considered reincarnation seriously or looked into it in any depth. In fact, the first time I ever remember thinking there might be something to it was during a mushroom trip where I felt really old, like I had lived thousands of years on this planet. I couldn't explain that feeling, and I don't know where it came from. So I just kind of left it at that. But that feeling stayed with me, and the idea would come into my mind from time to time after that. Then, recently, I came across Tiana's website, and I decided to visit her for a past life regression, just out of sheer curiosity. Now, she would tell you that it's never just curiosity, and that there is a higher purpose to such actions in your life. And this may be true. All I can tell you is that what happened in that session changed the way I perceived reality from that point forward. Now, let's go to the conversation where we are discussing the topic of reincarnation. Reincarnation, I did bring up in another episode, I think, um, just as a concept itself, I wanted to explain, because I think sometimes, and that's what I said, I think, was that sometimes we just assume that people are buying into that paradigm that, oh yes, this is reincarnation. This is what's happening. We're all being, you know, uh, we're all these spiritual beings like having a human experience. And we, when our body dies, we move on to another body. And um, I think, you know, that assumption is made a lot of times when you're like having conversations with people who work in, in like, you know, holistic healing or something like that. They, they believe that and that's um part of their you know part of their personal paradigm and i don't think that that's true for everyone especially in this country because we don't have uh our majority religions don't believe in that they don't you know they don't preach that um whereas in some eastern com- uh, countries you they do believe that in their majority religions and um, that's the way that people are brought up to think and so i thought that was an important point to bring up that, Hey, when we're talking about this, like this is what some of us do believe. I looked up the stats and I guess it's, um, 20% of the U S population believes in reincarnation. So one in five people. That's, I'm glad you looked that up because that's actually surprising to me. Mm. That's more than I thought that me too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so one in five people, and I think it's growing, right?、Mm-hmm. I think more and more people are、um, opening to that idea. Yeah.、What? So I was looking up cases,、um, the case against reincarnation, because you're right, it is such a now, I mean, I wasn't raised with the idea of reincarnation, but now it is such a foundation of my belief that I work. With. I mean, obviously, I do past life regression, you know, for my profession. And so I was thinking, yeah, I kind of don't even remember why, you know, besides just their religion said it doesn't exist. Why, what's the other reasons why people don't、um, believe that? And, and one that I hear most often is about the world population. Well, the population keeps increasing, and there's 8 billion people on the planet. And so there, we can't be reincarnating because where are all these extra souls coming from?、Um, which is a really limited, logical way to look at it. There's many possible answers for that. One could be I mean, if there is a finite. Number of souls that have existed since the beginning of time, then maybe just some of them weren't incarnated here before, and more are incarnating now.、Um, or, yeah, I also believe that Earth is not the only place that we incarnate, so maybe more of them were incarnated in different star systems, or planets, or realms, and not here on Earth. And now There's a shift happening where more are coming to incarnate on Earth. Or also, there's the possibility that new souls could be being birthed. There's so many answers to that. It doesn't, just because there's more people now, it doesn't negate the idea of reincarnation at all, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that argument really very well at all either because, I mean, new people can be born physically, so why can't they be born? You know, exactly. Yeah, so that one doesn't. And I subscribe to most of what you're saying too. I, and, and in addition to that, I want to add one more is that if there is a part of us, and I believe there is, that it lives and exists outside of this physical reality, then that part of us is probably beyond our comprehension. At this point. So, what is preventing that part of us from incarnating in several bodies at once? You know, if if we are, if if we do exist outside of this body, it's probably a pretty advanced existence. So, I would think that it could probably handle simultaneous incarnations. Right. Only a, a percentage of our energy gets incarnated into the physical existence, and the, and the rest can stay in spirit realm or in other places. And this helps explain another one of the arguments against, against reincarnation. You know, when people have near death experiences and their body dies, and then so many people have reported having these experiences of. Their body dies, and maybe they're even seeing what's happening down below as people are trying to、uh, revive their body. And then、um, a loved one from the other side, or maybe a group of loved ones from the other side, greets them you know, your grandparents or you know, some loved one that's already passed. And people say, Well, if you, reinc- if you reincarnate, then wouldn't your grandfather already be? 
incarnated in a new body? How is it that every time when somebody has this near-death experience, their loved ones are always there available to them? It's because only a, a part of their soul energy gets incarnated into a new body and the rest of it still exists in spirit realm and can show up for you the way that you most understand or recognize it. Yeah. And I mean, that um, concept kind of, to me, opens up a whole discussion that we won't have right now. But um, there's also this discussion that we don't necessarily understand time and space the way that it really is. So to us, we perceive time as being linear. And so we're here now and at five minutes from now, something else will be happening. And, you know, but from what I've read and what I'm beginning to understand is that from all these different sources, we're starting to figure out that that's not exactly how it works. So the past can influence the future the way the future can influence the past. And it's a hard concept to, to um, understand, but I think if you look at it in the light of like, we have this part of ourselves that lives outside of this physical reality. So it lives outside of time too. And so time to us in this higher dimension is not the same as time to us right here now. And so I just, I do want to add that in, you know, cause it does, even though it makes it seem very complicated, um, it is part of the, the whole picture here. I think it's, it's, yeah, that's the quantum physics um, piece of it. I do think that that's important, even though we call it, you know, past life, you know, past life regression, or this is my past life. That's just to help us in our linear brain to sort through it. But I think the simplified way for my right brain <laughs> that I like is to think of you know, all time is now and it's this big ball. So all time is now. And if we think of it as this ball, that's all time now. And when we think of past, it's just around that circumference of the ball. It could be a point and then future is a point. So we're just, we're just putting our awareness on a different point around that outer circumference of the ball and calling that past or present or future, but it's all one. It's all interconnected. Yeah. I like that way of looking at it. I've never really heard that analogy. That's, that's good. Cause yeah, it does simplify something that can be really like hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Okay. These are things that I think the pe- the critics uh, haven't fully considered because, you know, and it's not like, this is something we have to prove. This is something that um, I feel inside of myself when I think about, like, you know, when I think from a high level, like, what's happening here? And I do tend to do that a lot. I'm just one of those kind of, like, existential kind of people. Like, I want to know, like, what and why we're here and what's really happening and all that. And so after, you know, years and years of thinking about that kind of stuff, you kind of do just come to the conclusion that, you know, yeah, okay, this is what's happening here, you know. When you see babies, so many of them have 
strong personalities already from the get-go and you wonder why is this one like this or this one like that again it doesn't reincarnation is one explanation there's many explanations but it you know it makes you question um why how did these personalities form you have three siblings and they have you know same genetics going in and they have the same upbringing but why are these ones so different why do they respond so differently um reincarnation is one explanation you know oh we came in already different from our experiences in the past and so and and there are i mean i'm sure everybody knows some kids that you know that are wise beyond their years beyond their level of experience like oh where does that come from as well as adults that are still very immature (laughs) um you know but um that's this is one explanation for why that might be i i was kind of like that you know like in some ways i've always felt sort of beyond my years but in other ways i'm also very very childlike um but um and and always looked young um but felt older inside so there's this weird disconnect of those things yeah you know you brought that up and it just reminded me of something that um like a long time ago like i was with my um my brother's family like his kid and um we were all there and they were talking about uh when his daughter my niece was really little that she used to talk about her life before she was born and then they were like kind of freaked out about it and she would talk about how she vividly remembered her own birth and they were like like really like they didn't believe her but so they questioned her and you know everything she said was like true but they always kind of brushed it off like oh maybe someone else told her or something because she's already like three or four years old at this point but that was the first time that um i could see that they were like maybe this is some there's something to it you know and I had never really like seriously considered reincarnation at that point either. But I remember, I do remember that being like, hey, I wonder, it put it like a little seed in the back of my mind, like, hmm, I wonder if there really is something to this. Cause I know she's not lying. You know, she's too little for that. But um, then later, like many years later, I did find these um, really super interesting YouTube videos where they do these studies on these kids and they're like hey these kids are talking about these lives they've had and we want to like see if we can prove it in any way and there's a bunch of that yeah yeah. that's what i was thinking about there's a number of researchers who have done that kind of work around the world yeah and that's that to me is super fascinating because um some of those stories they actually find the person that these kids claim to have been. And then in even more like substantial evidence, they will find scars on the new person's body where the old person had received an injury or even died from that injury. Mm -hmm. And this has been shown again and again, you know, with many people. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of that information out there. But if somebody 
isn't doesn't want to believe there doesn't matter what's out there it's not going to change their mind yeah that's true that's a that's one angle like that's a whole hey i want to prove this angle outer the outer yeah. way mhm yeah but you know each and every single one of us has our own inner knowing of you know lives that we've lived and i've always thought about this like all these different lives we've lived we learn something we gain something from that life right and so hopefully <laughs> yeah <laughs> if we're paying attention and so we're carrying all that around with us and it just makes me wonder like are we able to tap into that and that knowing and that understanding that we and that experience that we have from all these lives um and you know and benefit us in some way in our everyday life now yeah it's it depends on the individual that's one of the again cases against where people say well if we have all these past lives then why don't we remember any of them and um first of all i'd say some people do like you know these kids or we come in maybe remembering more but if in our culture it's not accepted and our, if our parents talk us out of it we quickly forget all of that um but i think for the most part we intentionally don't we've chosen to intentionally not remember so that we could fully experience this particular life in this life i'm a female if i had a lot of male lifetimes and i come in fully remembering myself as a man and carrying myself as a man then i don't really get to experience what it's like to be in this feminine body so it helps to kind of clear that away and now i can have this beginner's mind right this fresh perspective to fully experience this without the coloring of all of those memories and so the memories for the most part don't stay but the awareness that we gained stays so that's why you have some very wise children and some you know that are not as mature and we do have this innate we still have this feeling with some people we care those things carry forward because that's an energy right and so i don't know why i just can't get along with that person um because that energy carries over from other lifetimes between us or i don't know why i just met this person and i feel like we've known each other forever so those things do carry forward just not the memory of all the exact details and i think that's beneficial that way yeah that makes a lot of sense i mean there's a purpose behind the forgetting you know coming mm-hmm. into each new life fresh and like you know um so and that you also brought up something that i find really interesting is that the relationships that we have with other people so we've probably had some of the relationships in our life now with people over many lifetimes absolutely and um do you do you feel like you know some of those people in your life right now Oh yeah, of course. And I've had both um spontaneous past life memories and then I've also had, you know, been the client in past life regression and so different people in my life have shown up in those experiences. 
So, yeah, absolutely. And it, it is really interesting. I think you have to be at a, a place of emotional, spiritual maturity to be ready to experience seeing some of those people in some one role in a very different role, you know. And so we have sort of this idea about what are the acceptable social roles. And so what if your mother in this life was your lover in another life, you know? Can you can you be okay with that? Cuz we're all really just souls. We're not really bodies. And so those were different bodies and that was different. Um, I've had as um, a past life regressionist, I had a client, actually, I think this happened twice, a male client go into a lifetime as a female and then pull themselves out of it. Like that was more than they could handle the idea, you know, this big, very masculine guy to go into this experience of being very soft or vulnerable was not something that he was ready or willing to entertain wow and so they just so he just was sat up and opened his eyes (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and then of course you can easily go oh that was something i made up you know if you're not willing or ready to explore you know oh actually that i can have i'm multifaceted and i can be a man in this life and a woman in a different life and that's okay yeah it has a lot to do with the kind of culture we live in too, mm-hmm. where, you know, being a man is supposedly superior and all this other kind of stuff that goes along the baggage that we have along with our cultural programming. And so he probably flatly rejected it just because he's, you know, buying into the whole system here right now. You know, Right. He's not um, open to his own feminine so far. So. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but hey, maybe that's the experience that he came and he really wanted to have the masculine experience. And so maybe that's where he's focusing. And that's interesting, too, to think about with some souls. Some souls might come in and keep sticking with their comfort zone and and trying, you know, so whether it's like, oh, you keep being male many, many times or maybe um, music, you're good at music and so you keep focusing on music lifetime after lifetime after lifetime but not experiencing um your physical aggression or whatever you know yeah agility or something else Mm -hmm. yeah because um it's something i think about too is that you know if we're reincarnating then we're doing it for a reason and the reason it probably is to learn something and who's to say that this higher part of ourselves um doesn't also make mistakes so coming in like you're saying like reincarnating and all these maybe there's a reason behind that that we just can't understand but also maybe they're just stuck you know maybe they're continuing to to live these lives in that way because they're not ready to grow that are that way i don't know yeah i don't think of it as a mistake Mm -hmm. because every again if everything is for learning or growth um, you can learn the hard way or you can learn the easy way and it's all okay because time doesn't exist. Then, hey, if you want to take 30 lifetimes to learn it and I want to take five lifetimes to learn it, that's okay. It's not a mistake that you're taking 30 lifetimes to learn it because you have 
infinite forever yeah. <laughs> amount of lifetimes to right, figure it yeah, out. It's yeah. probably not as comfortable for you. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's not as comfortable for me. Maybe that's why it only takes me five lifetimes because I take on a lot in my play, oh. or you know, or vice versa. I'm right, like, maybe right. you're the one that I shouldn't <laughs> say it like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I guess if you look at it that way, you know, from the infinite point of view, it's true. There are no mistakes. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And and that's the thing when I guide people into past lives and we look at the lives and then we go at the end of the life and we review it, that's really important to recognize. Like, hey, every experience is valid. Some experiences are more comfortable and some experiences are less comfortable. And with awareness, we can begin to make choices that are more comfortable but the thing is that our soul or consciousness or whatever you want to call it, it knows that it can never be harmed. And so that's why it's okay sometimes making a difficult choice. It's I like to use the metaphor of a movie or a play, right? Where an actor might sometimes choose to be in a horror movie Um, not all just comedy movies because they want this full range of expressing and experiencing um, and developing their acting skills because they know that even when they go in that horror movie that it's just a movie and they're going to come back and be their regular self at the end of filming and that's like how our soul feels when it comes into an incarnation. It knows at the end the body gets released and oh, it still exists and everything's okay. Yeah. When I think of myself and my life now, it's like, I don't, I don't want to lose like my daughter and my wife and my parents and all that, you know, like I'm clinging to them like so tightly. But if I just think of it from like the point of view that you're talking about right now is that, Hey, it's okay. Like they're still going to be around. Like you're all still, you know, connected and you're all, you, you'll get to see them again. Like it's just, it's not, what you're seeing and experiencing isn't everything, right? Yeah, and so it doesn't mean that when you lose someone in your life, now you're just going to be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, you're yeah. still going to feel that lot, and you should. We came in here to be a human and to have the human experience, which is these deep emotions and feelings and sensations. But there's that whole balance of be in the world, not of it, or one foot in each world. So you have that higher knowingness that you are still connected to them and that everything's okay but you're also this physical human who's experiencing loss and grieving it i even had i've had some really advanced clients i would say um i had a client who had lost his son and you know they say that's like the most that's the greatest pain is to to lose, to have your child die before you mm-hmm. and um he he was a very spiritual man and he was it was he was handling it really beautifully with that balance where he was grieving but he also felt that that he was still connected to him and he said it was kind of hard because you know other people are all pouring their sympathy on poor you poor you um and yet he was still feeling 
this and even more so maybe this connection with his son on the other side now um and so he didn't know how to respond because other people might sort of judge you right if yeah. you don't seem like you're grieving right. appropriately mm-hmm. um but it, it showed me like yes it is possible uh, to experience grief in this higher way where you're not denying it but you also stay really connected to the higher wisdom of of that we always continue to exist yeah you hope that if you ever have to go through something like that 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 you would be able to take it that way but everybody's different you know and we we all experience things differently i know you've had a past life regression recently right with uh kirk uh-huh yeah i got so, to have two regressions as the client this year which is so nice because i think it's important as a practitioner to sometimes be the client and to remember and understand the perspective on the other side and that makes uh, a better practitioner yeah i'm sure because you know being there with other people while they're having theirs isn't the same as going through yours, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember my first one especially was really profound, life-changing experience. So what what were yours like this year? Do you mind? Oh, yeah, I don't mind sharing. And, and so it's interesting because, so I've experienced quite a few of my past lives now. I mean, although, depending on who you ask, there maybe are hundreds of past lives. So Percentage-wise, maybe I haven't experienced that many, but maybe I guess more than the average person, um, I've experienced a number of my different past lives, and especially like my first initial spiritual awakening, it was just happening spontaneously because that was when I was meditating for three or four hours at a time, and it would just happen. I would go into a past life, and I didn't even know if I believed in past lives then, but here I was experiencing it, and it was giving me so much... Um, deeper understanding of who I am and it was helping to connect the dots and the pieces together oh okay that's why and so that was really helpful Um, anyway a lot of the other times that I've experienced past lives were just regular ordinary lives and this is something too that I want to emphasize you know because I'm guiding people into past lives on a regular daily basis in my work um, everybody's not going into you know I was Marilyn Monroe or <laughs> I was Elvis uh, I'm I'm a fairy princess or you know people think that that's what's going to be and and most people are going into regular everyday lives I'm a farmer I'm a soldier I'm a housewife you know those kinds of really regular lifetimes um, which seems to to me sort of back up the fact that it is real it's like if you're going to just create something you're not going to create that you're you know just a, a, a wife that lives in the same house and then has kids and then has grandkids and then dies and be you would want to create something more exciting right (laughs) yeah something more grandiose yeah yeah like Uh uh-huh but most people so i want to preface all this because before i say what i'm gonna say which is not like oh well there she is saying something (laughs) grandiose right but most of my i mean i've experienced myself as a man and as a woman and i've probably gone into a real balance of both of those kinds of lifetimes i've seen myself or not seen because like i said i don't really 
have inner vision, but I've experienced myself as a not good person a number of times and just, you know, and as a regular person. And I think that the lifetime that comes up in any given experience, it's relating to something that you need to know right now or something that you need to heal. And so those came up in relevance to what was going on in my life at that time. You know, whether it's information that helps me to understand a connection with other people in my life, our karmic connection from past lives, or whether it's um, a pattern that I'm continuing that I need to see and address so that I don't continue it, or whether it's qualities or aspects or gifts, you know, that I need to bring into this life, things like that. So this time it was interesting because I did go into a very spiritual past life, whereas I've gone into really a lot of really regular past lives. And so, <laughs> yeah, I just laugh to even say it because it does, it does sound sort of grandiose. Um, but I went into a past life um, in Greece or in the Greek islands, and I was a man. In this particular experience, I don't always experience them in the same way. So we have inner senses like our outer senses, an inner version. So you could have inner seeing, inner hearing, inner feeling, inner knowing, inner tasting, inner smelling. You could have any, some or all of those. And I tend to be inner, inner feeling inner knowing just information comes in that I know this was more it was like my soul was channeling through me and Kirk who was doing who was the practitioner would ask a question and then this answer would come through me and so I wasn't I don't I wasn't experiencing experiencing as much as it was just it would come through me and then I would feel and know it after I was learning it as I was saying it at the same time as he was learning it was really different there's a very big energy a very it was very strong that it would just flow out of me um so I was this man and I was I the the voice that spoke through me said I was an oracle that was the specific word that it used and that my intention for that lifetime was to bring down to earth, you know, to bring certain spiritual truths through. And there was this concern that this physical body would distort that. Like I was coming in to bring spiritual truths, but, um, I think specifically at that time, also in Greece, there was like a lot of um, indulgence in the physical pleasures. And so my soul was sort of experiencing or expressing some disdain for for the body um, and not wanting, it used the word to sully. <laughs> it didn't want to sully the information um, through the physical body. And so I was intentionally, I kept myself kind of sequestered off. Like I lived in a cave 
Um, I was male and I only, this is probably has to do with, you know, the times too. I only spoke with or interacted with other men. And um, I didn't want to interact with women because I was uh, concerned that then, you know, this sexual energy would come up and, and distort my purity and keep me from bringing through pure divine messages. Um, and so I was very, I was really half and half or more keeping my consciousness in spiritual reality. And I wasn't so aware of my body. In fact, I had these helpers that would make sure that I ate or, you know, t took care of my bodily needs because I, I would be in these states where I wasn't so aware of what my body needed. And then um, people would come and consult with me. And so that was how that lifetime was going. And I felt pretty good about that I was doing what I came to do. And then somehow this woman snuck in <laughs> to see me because she had some major concern. And I really hadn't had any interaction with the woman. And... Um, something stirred inside of me and you know and I I gave her information and then they they found her and and then she was not allowed back um but I felt changed I felt uh concerned one that you know something inside of me now something was stirring and I was more awakened in in my physical body um that was sort of the key thing it sounds so small but um it relates it the reason why that lifetime had come through was because my soul had said so anyway so at the end of that life we go back i left my you know my body dies um just regular natural causes and then we went he guided me actually to back to spirit realm and I met up with my soul group. You know, our soul group is sort of like our classmates. We There's other souls that are at sort of the same, either the same level of consciousness or maybe have a similar focus or intention. And so we're all kind of um, growing at similar rate. And some of us will incarnate together to kind of help each other with whatever our intention is for this lifetime, these classmates. So some people in your life are part of your soul group and they're the ones that you feel very comfortable with or are really uncomfortable maybe they're playing a difficult role they came in to be you know your abusive parent or something because that was the agreement that you were trying to you know wanting to learn for something for that anyway so we go back and meet up with my soul group and they're all kind of they're they're high-fiving me but they're kind of laughing and they're like oh live a little bit why don't you just try to enjoy yourself more because i had been so serious about like oh i came here to pass this information and so there was this and i did have this sort of feeling like yeah i didn't i, I didn't really feel what it was like to really experience that human body i was just there just for that spiritual information to pass through and and then and then at the end kirk asked you know oh, why why was this brought through today how does this relate to tiana's current life because that's really the purpose or intention of of doing these sessions it's not just like um for curiosity or for glamour like oh who was i um it's always 
whatever lifetime comes up, there's a reason why that lifetime came up and it relates to what you're here working on in this lifetime. And so that lifetime came up because in this lifetime, I'm very spiritually oriented. Um, but I really came in, I came in in a physical, uh, in a physically feminine body because I'm trying to really learn the, the feminine spirituality. And even though I'm, I feel, you know, I'm a very feminine person, I realize, oh, you know, it's true. I think actually most of my spiritual path has been from my masculine. It's been, you know, you hear about, we've talked about some of my experiences, like leaving my body and it's been more through, um, not through embodiment, but kind of going out. And so the whole purpose of that experience was to remind me like, no, no, go, go into the body. You're here to bring spirit into matter and, you know, bring heaven into earth and experience embodiment in the way, like you don't have to be afraid of your body. That was my soul said something like that. Like, don't be afraid of the body. The body is a sacred vessel for the spirit. And so that's been sort of the journey of this year. You know, when we talked about some of my health issues is these health issues that came up out of the blue, despite living a very healthy lifestyle. And so it was kind of shocking to me, but it's forced me to really focus much, much more deeply on my body. Whereas, you know, me, I'd rather be out in the cosmos floating around. And, um, uh, but seeing instead of like, there was a separation within me that I hadn't, I thought, I thought I worked through that I hadn't recognized is just, you know, still kind of, I don't know, I'm very squeamish, like the body sort of grosses me out <laughs> and stuff, you know, instead of like seeing it that way, it's like, oh, this gross flesh body that we have to live in, but seeing it as the sacred container for spirit and, and shifting that perspective. Um, so, it, so it's really interesting what lifetime will come up at what point and, and why. Yeah. A lot was going on there, you know, with that whole lifetime. And I'm sure you think about that a lot. Um, Yeah, it reminded me of when I went to see Kirk, you know, that you said there was like a lot of energy that came through. And um, yeah, I had two past life regressions. One was with you and then the other one was with Kirk. And when I went to Kirk, place to do that it was just you know it it seemed like normal and then once the regression started I also could feel like this a huge amount of energy in there and um, that's unusual for me because I don't first of all I don't normally pick up on that kind of thing and then uh, second of all I wasn't expecting that you know and so um yeah, it was it was a really interesting experience for me too when I went there because um, what you were saying about the relationships in our soul group, um, we might incarnate together, um, and I think that's true because everyone like that I'm close to now uh, was also in that life, but they were all in different roles, right? So it's interesting because my wife in this life was my daughter in that life and then my brother in this life was just like a co-worker friend in that life 
and um my dad in this life was a preacher in that life and he was which is funny because he's atheist (laughs) 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 and um he was we him and i were really good friends we were really close and so yeah, I thought that was the most interesting thing. Oh, and my friend David, <laughs> my wife always, I think, is kind of gets a kick out of this. But And he will, too, when he listens to this. Um, he was my wife in that life. So, which <laughs> I feel really weird saying that right now. But, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, the different roles and how they work out in each lifetime makes sense to me, you know. And I don't know. I can't explain how I knew that that was them but i just knew you know and uh it's an essence yeah people ask that like um will will i know if someone i feel, yeah people just know there's an energy there's an essence there's a feeling there's a knowing that you just connect into yeah i don't yeah there's not really uh something definitive i could say like oh you look the same or something like that it wasn't like that at all and it doesn't feel weird like being when I experience myself as a man and I'm in love with a woman, you know, even though I'm heterosexual in this life and, you know, I'm only attracted to men, it doesn't feel weird at all when I go into a past life as a man and I, I'm like, oh, and I loved her and I felt all that. It doesn't seem strange at all. Yeah, it doesn't seem strange. I mean, you just like, it's just normal. Like you're living that normal life. And um, what what was strange though is the the types of things that I was working on then are extremely similar to the types of things I'm working on now. Well, it's because you went into that life. There's a reason why that life was shown because it's important for you to notice that. Yeah, I think so too. That's what I took from that is that those things were important for me to notice. You know, the things that I was working on back then are still things that, and what's weird is that something that my dad was working on back then is something that he's working on now too. I noticed that as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause it can take as many lifetimes to, you know, we can get pieces like, like if, if self love is something, you know, that could be many lifetime experiences or, or learning to speak my truth or, you know, to think that like, Oh, each life is just like, Oh, I'm going to fully complete this lesson and move on to a different one. No, not really. There's a, quite a lot there. Um, to work on yeah yeah there is and like you were saying it was a normal life like I was just a guy who lived somewhere like I built my own house and I lived on my own little piece of land and I just went fishing every day and kind of like you know just a very simple life like a really simple it was like the I want to say it was like the 1800s and you know it was like out west somewhere in the Rocky Mountains and um, it was just like a real small town and it was yeah it was like nothing like you know extraordinary but when i think about that life um i'm really happy you know <laughs> it's like i feel like oh wow it's so nice there and beautiful and um it's it's so simple that it's enjoyable you know too it's not like a lot of action and stress or anything like that it was a real peaceful life Yeah, our lives are so complicated now. And that's what a lot of my clients experience. They go back in time and things were a lot simpler. And there is there 
they're more boring in some way, but in another way, it's just so peaceful. And just to even have a, a piece of that, to remember it and, and to connect with that and go, oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be this chaotic and complicated. And we can draw from those experiences that we reconnect to during the regression. And then we can channel that into this life. There's a part of you that knows how to be happy in simplicity and you can connect to that and bring that into this life and that's how they all merge and blend rather than thinking of them all separate and individual and compartmentalized they flow into each other yeah that's a good way to think about it i needed to hear that you know because we can be easily overwhelmed in today's lifestyle and uh, yeah just remembering that is it does bring me peace Mm -hmm. it feels good yeah people you know because we experience we're experiencing this life through one filter right whatever our upbringing is and whatever our experiences are and to have this totally different filter it really expands our awareness it's really interesting when you get regressed and you have this dual awareness you have this awareness of being this other person in this other body and their perspective alongside your own you, the current you, experiencing the past you. And those can be totally, like in your case, it was very similar, but it could be totally divergent um, perspectives. Like I've had that, like I said, when I've gone back to lifetimes where I was like really a not good person, you know? Um, And then current me is like horrified, like, oh my God. But I also can feel that me and how that didn't seem like a big deal to me then and who I was and from the awareness I was. And so I think it's really helpful. You know how they just say, you know, you need to walk in someone else's shoes. You get to walk in someone else's shoes and they were your own. And then you realize like, oh, I, any of these people out here that I'm judging, that could be me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it just, it totally, I think it releases a lot of um, judgment. Yeah. Brings a lot of um, understanding and acceptance. Yeah, that perspective is um, definitely a helpful one to have, for me especially, yeah, because it is easy to go out there and just be, like, really judgy and, you know, forget that, you know, you were once like that too, probably. And <laughs> Yeah, people come in and they say, oh, I hope, I hope I won't, I hope I was never a bad person. I'm like, I hate to break it to you. Everybody was a bad person. I really do believe that. Like, you know, um, that that's just part of our evolution as a soul. What we're calling, you know, and I, like I would do bad in air quotes if you could see mm-hmm. <laughs> bad person. Um, what we call a bad person tends to be just one who is unaware of their own divinity, right? Like we go from being connected or aware of our connection as being divine and then we separate into this soul to have this experience of being individual it's sort of an illusion though because we're still always connected to the all the oneness but we choose to just like an actor chooses to forget who they are so that they can play this role we forget that we're part of the oneness so we can experience separateness so that we can experience a very unique specific experience and so when we first separate we go into complete forgetfulness 
And it's if, if we forget that we're all interconnected and we think that we're all separate, that's how we harm each other. It's like, oh, dog eat dog world. I gotta, you know, kill you before you kill me first. That's from a lack of awareness. And, and there's lots of people that are at that level of consciousness on the planet right now, but we've all been there. The more, yeah. so, and then we kill each other and then boom, we're back out of our body and we're like, oh, that was interesting. Let me try that again. And then we jump back in. And then each time that we're coming, we're gaining some more awareness, more remembrance. And so when we come back, we don't remember what happened before, but we retain whatever awareness that we gain so that um, we are evolving or growing or awakening and, and making different choices each time. And so we've all been bad people because we were unaware. Um, but usually by the time that someone is interested in, in these topics, there's a, at least some level of self-reflection or self-awareness to even be interested. Otherwise, you're just interested in materialistic, egoic things because the ego is this idea, this false idea of being separate. And yeah. so there, people who are at that egoic level are not interested in consciousness and becoming more aware. So by the time someone's interested in this, they've graduated through a lot of those you know, darker, lower things. And so most of the time when people are regressed, they don't go into those lifetimes because it doesn't serve where they're at on their path now. Yeah, they've gotten what they needed from those lifetimes, I'm mm -hmm. sure, and, and they're past that. Yeah, that is a really good way of looking at it because um, I, I do feel like people who are interested in this kind of stuff are... And it's, it's kind of weird to say like a little further along, but I guess I, I mean, that's the way we think of it. So, I mean, that's, I don't know the proper terminology because that suggests that one is like higher than the other or better than the other, but it's just, we're all on different paths. And like you said earlier, we all are on a different time scale too. Like it might take someone a lot longer to learn one thing than it does another person. But is there anything that you, um, that stands out to you about after doing so many past life regressions that you noticed or that you, that was a lesson for you? Oh, I think in the work that I do, everything, <laughs> everything is a lesson. I, you know, cause if, again, if you think of we're all pieces of the one, then we're all reflections of each other. And so, I mean, and of course we can do this in any kind of job in, in our life is, um, see everyone as our mirror. But especially in the work that I do, it's easy to, to, to do that, to see the others as my mirror. And um, I feel fortunate that when, I'm, when you guide someone through a whole past life, to, through death, and then at the end we're reviewing the life and we're looking at, you know, what did you learn in that life? What, what's the most important thing from that life? It's, it's the same as when people ask people on their deathbed, you see these, you know, passed on social media and stuff like well, at the end of the life, what did people say really matters? And it is the connections that we had with other people. It just, when you ask people those things, it reminds you what's really important. So going through a whole life and death with people every single day is constant reminder to me 
like, oh, this little stressful thing that's happening right now, does that really matter in the greater scheme? No, you know, it keeps me remembering that, oh, I could die in any moment. I think because our culture doesn't, um, isn't comfortable with death and we don't talk about it and we avoid it at every cost, but there's the, the beauty of what death offers, which is to really live our life to recognize how fleeting and precious it is. And so I get to have that constantly reminded to me every single day. And I think that that is a real precious gift um, that I get from the sessions. But I guess from, from doing all of this work, it keeps, it surprises me the infinite possibilities of life experiences that there are. I never would have thought of, I don't know, a lifetime as an acrobat. Somebody, and I was like, oh, that would have never even popped in, you know, like there's just so many, but not even just those kinds of things, like different things that you could do as a human. But, you know, people go into lifetimes when they're not human. Someone's gone into a lifetime where they were, you know, a mountain where someone's gone into a lifetime where they were a bird. Um, and and who am I to say whether, you know, oh, what's a real experience or what's not? And people have gone into lifetime. I've gone into lifetimes where I was not a human being. I w- it was in another realm, another form. And, and those are, of course, really interesting and fun when the client goes that in that way to kind of learn what other types of life experiences might be like just like you hear a lot of times people say that earth is one of the toughest schools it does seem to be you know other places that we incarnate seem to be more playful more freer you know we don't have not so survival based and not so fear based we have so much fear that rules our experience here. Yeah. You know, I've done a lot of reading on channeled material and stuff, and they say the same thing. They say the earth is a challenge and, um, it's set up that way intentionally. And that, uh, even the beings that are channeling the information say that when they were at our level, like, of, you know, when they, they went through our, they call it density or our dimension, um, where they were physical beings that, um, it was way easier for them than it, than it is for us because they all kind of got along, you know, and, uh, but they, it's, it doesn't matter. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, we set, apparently we set this up for ourselves and that there's some purpose for us to uh, go through this, you know, challenging time here on earth and is to learn something specific. And I don't know what that is, but. Well, you grow a lot more when there's, challenges right this is when people say why why don't you live in hawaii you could live in hawaii um but there is something true you know how people say like island time there is this thing where when everything is just so relaxed and easy that you're not so motivated and so you know i think and when i look at when my clients come and they tell me what awakened them or prompted them to to begin doing this deep inner search it's so often a challenge or trauma in their life, you know, um, that 
made them start to look inwardly. Otherwise, we can just kind of play outwardly and, oh, I'm going to buy more nice stuff and go shopping again. And, and it could just be all about that. But then, boom, you lose someone important to you in your life or um, do you lose your job or something that makes you start to question like, oh, you know, what's what's really important and and who am I and all of those deep mm-hmm. questions. So So, yeah, it gives us an opportunity to grow um, much more than maybe really comfortable, easygoing environments would. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you to Casey Henson for creating all the music for this podcast. I've gotten lots of positive feedback about the music, so thanks again, Casey. If you're interested in learning more about reincarnation in past lives, please visit Tiana's website at awakeningtransformation.com. For more information about this podcast, as well as past episodes and more, please visit our website at beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And be sure to follow us on social media as well. And to finish out the rest of this episode, the song playing is called Full Redemption by Casey Henson. Take care.